Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Let's just give God one more. Man, God, you're awesome. You're amazing. You're powerful. The God of the impossible, the miracle-working God that is alive today. Amen. I love stories like that, and there's so many because he's still working. And know this, he's no respecter of persons. He doesn't, know, he doesn't love this family any more than he loves you. And so he wants to move and work on your behalf. I'm thankful that our God is alive and full of power. Amen? Revealing himself in our lives, in our everyday lives. What a great story. In fact, I remember that family uh, when they had the miscarriage. We had a guest cookout up here at the church on a Sunday night. And they stopped by. They saw cars at the church, and they stopped by, and they, they didn't know what was going on or who was there, but they just hoped somebody was with all the cars. So they rolled up there and we saw them and we prayed with them. And that's when they were feeling, she was feeling kind of the miscarriage things physically. And the next day, it was a Sunday night. So the next day they went to the doctor and got that report. And we just stood in faith with them and we just are trusting God that his word is true. Amen. That's all we need to do is speak the word of God and stand and believe God and now a miracle. And I love that. And, and over their life, they've seen more than just one, that little baby in their arms, of course, this one, but they had four kids now, um, just believe in God, taking them at his word. Amen. I love that. What a great story. And I know many of you have great stories like that. We want to encourage you to share them. Share them with everybody you can. This world needs to know that there is a miracle working God still alive. This world needs to know that there still is hope, amen? This world needs to know that nothing is impossible. Don't quit, don't give up, trust God for everything. And share your stories with us, we love that. Email those to us and let us know so we can celebrate with you and we can stand with you for God to move and work in your life. You know, during the course of the series, my, my hope, my heart is that we will be open more to just the supernatural God that we serve. Uh, we're open more to believing for the impossible, that we'll, be, we'll dare to believe and maybe at some point in time you did and you kind of lost things because of life. And I want, to, I want those fires to be rekindled in your heart and your life to, again today through stories like you've just heard. But through the word of God, because his word is true, amen? And our faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. And so when we spend time in the word and studying the word, it builds our faith to believe the impossible because it reveals the character and nature of God. It, it, it increases our faith to believe for the miracles but it re- because it reveals the miracle worker, Amen. It reveals the God in heaven that loves us so much that not only did he send his son to die on our behalf, but then he wants to engage in everyday life. And so that's my heart. My hope is to inspire you, encourage you through the word and through stories like this to believe God for your miracle in life. And we want to encourage you to continue to come next week. We wrap up our series. Come every time you can to be under the word of God because it does reveal his character and his nature. In fact, let's look at Psalm 77. Speaking of revealing the character and nature of God, we've used this scripture throughout the course of our series. You are, are, present tense, right here, right now. Aren't you glad? Not were, did one day, back in Bible days. There's people that believe that miracles were just for the New Testament church. Can I tell you, if anybody needed them, the, the today church needs them, right? He is, the, he is the God of the now. You are the God of miracles and wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power. You work. I mean, that family right there holding their miracle in their arms, God demonstrated his miracle working power on their behalf. And again, he wants to do that for you. He's not a respecter of persons. He loves everyone. And then last week, we introduced this scripture, John 14, 10 through 12. And I just was reading it, and it, just some things jumped out at my heart to, again, encourage us in the fact that miracles are for today, that God is still doing and working miracles. And I love how it's expressed here. It says this, don't you believe that I'm in the Father? This is Jesus answering Thomas's questions and Philip's questions. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father 
and that the Father is in me. We're one. I'm in God, God's in me, and I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is your Lord and Savior. You're in Christ, and Christ is in you, amen? Therefore, you're in God, and God is in you, amen? So understand that. It says this, the words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but by God's authority. That's the implication. We have the authority of God. Believe me when I say that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least, or at the very least, believe on the evidence. The evidence is proof, things that you can see, touch, feel, evidence of the works themselves. So miracles, believe the miracles that you see at the very least. And it goes on to say this, Get that, you got the next one, okay. Very, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works, the evidence, the things that I've seen, been doing, and they will do even greater works than these because I'm going to the Father. Now, hold this for just a second. Last week I talked about where the scripture said that he, God is doing his work in you, his work. I love that. I'm not here to do my work, I'm here to do his work. And you understand his work is the work that is, by man's estimation, impossible, Amen. It's not your work to do the impossible. It's God's work to do the impossible. You just got to believe and be a vessel used by him and walk in the authority that he's given you. Amen. Because he's in you. But this last line stuck, struck me this, this week in studying. It says, greater things than these will you do. So miracles are still for today. In fact, we should see more miracles today than ever was saw and expressed in the scripture and it says, because I'm going to the Father. And I thought that was really interesting, because I'm going to the Father. Because normally, here's what we would think. We need Jesus so we can see more miracles. And, and, and that is true. But let's, let's understand that what we're trying to do in this series is, be focused on, is to focus on the miracle worker. Because I just want to let you know, sometimes we pray, Jesus, we want you to show up. We need you to show up in this situation. Jesus, we need you. We're going to pray that Jesus intervenes. We're going to pray that Jesus is here. And those are great prayers. But can I tell you, this morning, and when I was getting ready for this morning this week, I didn't necessarily pray. And listen to me, hear me out on this one. I didn't pray, Jesus, I want you to show up in church. And I do. Don't get me wrong. I didn't pray, Jesus, I'm praying and believing that you're here. You know what I prayed? I prayed, Jesus, I'm believing that they come today because they have you and your authority in them. I'm I'm praying that they will be here today because your works that will be revealed in and through them. I'm praying that, that you will come today and the Jesus that's in your heart and your life will be revealed in your worship. I'm praying that you will come today and the Jesus that's in your heart will be revealed by your faith being expressed to God. You know what that says to me? I don't have to go chase meeting to meeting. I don't have to go have a special miracle service, and I love those things. I don't have to go to, to this person or that person. I know there's workings and giftings of miracles and anointings on people's lives, but we carry the miracle worker on the inside of us. I don't have to go to that meeting over here because he's at the, any meeting I'm at, amen? I don't have to go to this person over here because he's in me doing his work in my life, Amen. I love that. That just really struck me this morning. I hope that encourages you. That this morning, I wasn't praying necessarily for Jesus to show up. He did, but he showed up in you. Amen. I was praying that you would get out of bed in this rainy, gloomy morning. I was praying that no matter what has happened in your week, that you would get your pants and your shoes on and go to church. I was praying that no obstacle would stand in your way, no lie of the devil, no sickness or disease. Why? Because you have the authority of the miracle working God wanting to do his work on the inside of you. Amen. And when you put that all together, this is the atmosphere environment for miracles to work in our lives. Amen. And Jesus is here, but he's here in you. Amen, I love that. So I just want to encourage you in that, that God is a miracle-working God. And we shouldn't be shocked or surprised by the miracle stories like we saw on the screen. We should be shocked and surprised when they don't happen. Because God is still alive today, amen? I want to encourage you in that. We're going to talk about uh, the story today in Matthew 14. You go ahead and turn there. Matthew 14. 
And I want you to understand that the, the importance of all the miracles we're talking about, I, I, the, the power of the, the truth of God's word, that the principles that we're looking to apply to our life, we're not looking at just fantastic stories or supernatural stories. We're, we're really looking at everyday application for life. And I, and I want you to walk away with that. I want to encourage you that every day of your life is the opportunity for the miraculous. It's not about a meeting or an event or anything like that. And I love those things. And we schedule you know, healing times or that kind of stuff. But it's every day God wants to intervene and do the miraculous in your life. And it's so important for us to know that. This story, I believe, helps us understand that. And we're gonna look at the story where Peter walks on the water. Jesus is walking on the water out to the boat. Let me give you a little bit of the story, then we'll break it down through the scripture. Jesus comes out on the boat. Well, actually, let me back it up even further. He sends his disciples to the other side of the lake. He'd been preaching and teaching, and then he healed all that came to him that were sick, and then it says that he was going to the mountain to pray. But they heard that Jesus was here, so it says all these people, thousands of people came to sit at his feet, and he taught them, ministered to them, and then he fed them, and that's where the feeding of the 5,000 comes in. Right before this story, he feeds not just 5,000, it's 5,000 men. Back in the culture of that day, they only counted the men as head of households, so there could be 20 to 25,000 people there with spouses and kids. And then after that, it says he sent his disciples to go into the other side of the lake. I'll meet you over there. And he goes to do what he originally set out to do before the crowds came. He goes to spend time with the Lord. So a lot of time passes and the disciples are out on the lake in the boat. And we see a storm come up. It talks about the wind and the waves beating against the boat. And then Jesus comes and he comes and walks out on the water to them. And they're afraid. They didn't know it was him at first. And then Peter gets out of the boat. And can I tell you that it is a miracle that Jesus is walking on the water. I think that's pretty, that's pretty incredible. But then we can also kind of understand that. I mean, he is the son of God and he is the miracle worker. I mean, if you read the scripture before that, he just fed 25,000 people with two loaves and fishes or or five loaves and two fishes. He just raised the dead before that, a a young girl. He just helped a a paralyzed man get up and walk by by healing him. He he cast out evil spirits and set people free. He he did amazing things. So we could kind of understand Jesus walking on the water, but yet that's a pretty miraculous thing. And then Peter getting out of the boat. I mean, come on, here's another guy, just a regular guy. Now he's walking on on the water, that's kind of cool. There's a miracle there, but then also we could kind of say, well, he walked with Jesus. I mean, all those miracles I just mentioned, he was a part of those, he was there, he saw them, he experienced them in his heart and his life. And so can I tell you, I don't believe that's the greatest miracle in this story. And it is a miracle, Jesus walking on the water. It is a miracle, Peter walking on the water. But can I tell you this morning, and I want you to get this because this is what we're talking about. To me, the greatest miracle of the story is the fact that in the midst of a storm, that a man sitting in a boat can have the courage and faith to get up and get out of the boat. I think the greatest miracle of all is that there's somebody there that would just dare to believe whether I sink or whether I swim, I'm getting out of this boat, but I am not gonna sit here and let this storm overwhelm me. I'm not gonna sit here and get, sit in hopelessness. I'm not gonna sit in fear. I'm not gonna quit. I'm not gonna lay down. I'm not gonna give up. It doesn't matter what it looks like round about me. I'll let what happened happens. I'm gonna get up and get out of this boat. If I just have enough faith to get up off my seat and out of the boat, that's the miracle I'm looking for. I want to be that guy. I think walking on water would be pretty cool. I'll be honest with you. That would be pretty cool. I think swimming and breathing underwater would be even cooler, but nonetheless, it was above the water. I I think that would be awesome. That would would be cool. But you know what? Walking on water in the story had absolutely nothing to do with getting to the other side of the lake. It did. Now, it would have if Peter got and walked on the water, and they were straining and struggling. We'll see that in a minute to get to the other side. Jesus said, go to the other side. They were, they were, they were working hard to get there, and, and if walking on the water had anything to do with that, I think they would have 
man, Peter, you're doing great. Hey, take this rope, go to the front of the boat, tie it off. I want you to pull us because we're tired of rowing. I mean, that would be the miracle help. I know it helped grow Peter's faith. I know it's something we study now, but you know what? And what they were doing, walking on the water didn't really have anything to do with them getting to the other side of the lake. So I really think the greatest miracle here is just having enough faith and courage in the midst of your storm to just get out of the boat. Having enough faith and courage that even though you got the doctors telling you this is never gonna happen, they say, we're gonna fight for it. Having enough faith and courage that even when your marriage is not going well and everyone else is telling you to divorce or give up and quit, having enough faith just to say, I'm gonna fight for this. Having enough faith to say that when, when your children, teenage, maybe your teenage children has gotten into drugs and gotten into trouble, having enough faith not to just say, you know, it is what it is, he's old enough, she's old enough to make their own decisions, that's between him and God, but to fight and get on your knees for your child, your son, or your daughter every day. Having enough faith just to not quit and lay down in despair. I, I know things are overwhelming, but this to me is a story that really we can look at every day of our life. Unmet expectations, overwhelming circumstances, bad reports, offense, disappointments, hurts, that we gotta be careful not necessarily to look at the end result or expected result, but let's just have enough faith. And it's just an, I just need enough faith to believe for one more day that you are who you say you are. I need enough faith just to not quit, but just to give up and go one more day. That to me is a great miracle. So I'm gonna say it this way. Today we're gonna talk about the miracle before the miracle. Because I think if we'll grab a hold of that revelation, it'll change our lives. And I think it's so important for us to understand that there usually is a miracle before a miracle. Because whether Peter walked on water or whether he sank to the bottom, he won in my book. He got out of the boat while the other 11 guys sat there. I mean, in my estimation, it'd be like this. Whether I walk on the water or I sink to the bottom, I just want the courage to step out. Whether I'm healed or I'm not healed, I just want the faith to believe it's possible. Whether I'm delivered or not delivered, restored or not restored, blessed or not blessed, I wanna be the guy who dares to believe it's possible with God. That's my starting point. I love this miracle. I wanna be the guy that has the courage and the faith in the midst of my storms to get up and step out because every day, almost every day, there is some storm, some winds, some waves that will try and keep me in the boat. And this is amazing to me. I don't know if you've been out on boats, out on bodies of water and lakes and things, but it wasn't that long ago that a couple of guys in the church invited me to go on a fishing trip with them uh, down to the coast. And I'm not Mr. Fisherman by any means, and they were very kind to invite me along, and I enjoyed all the time with them. We got out in this little boat offshore. We went offshore in this little boat, and I thought, yeah, that's going to be cool. That's going to be fun. That's going to be awesome. I'm going to eat this big breakfast and feel real good. Yeah, all my energy, my strength. <laughs> Come on, guys, let's go. Let's go catch some fish. Let's go catch some fish. Like I tell you, it was like five to seven foot seas in that little bitty boat, that little bay boat offshore. And it didn't take very long before I was on my knees before the Lord, can I just say? <laughs> I was on my knees, please stop, can you take me to shore? Can we go back to shore? We just got out here, we're catching fish. Can I tell you, I mean, I don't know the, the, everybody's story in the boat or what's going on at the time, but I have a whole lot more respect in the midst of wind and waves for someone to leave and stand up and walk out on the, out of the boat. Because isn't it true that sometimes what our human nature in us would say is just buckle down and hold on, right? I mean, we wanna maybe call and lay in the bottom of the boat and just tell me when it's over, when's this ever gonna end? Oh, just hang on, just hang on, how much longer? And I think about this story here and that really strikes me as the miracle before the miracle that in the midst of all that, everything within him or maybe everyone in the boat even probably told him to do something different, but yet he had the courage and the faith 
to get the miracle before the miracle. And I love that, whatever the outcome would be. And, and this to me is so powerful again because it's something that we could face every day of our life. And understand that means one man out of 12 was able to walk out on the water when it was available for everybody. But one man had the faith to believe for the miracle before the miracle. And you need to know that, that there's opportunities every day in life and maybe it is a, it's a miracle that can fix your marriage and maybe you're, you're waiting for that, that restoration. Can I tell you it's a miracle to fight for it? Can I tell you it's a miracle to fight for your marriage in a world that's so easy to do something different? Can I tell you it's, it's a miracle to fight for it when the other person's not even cooperating? Can I tell you it's a miracle to fight for it when your family's telling you how much longer, why are you wasting your time? In the world today, there's so much quit and give up that we need to understand that there's a miracle that says get up and step out. And we need that miracle operating in our life. And I wanna encourage you in that this morning that miracle. So let's start reading in Matthew 14, starting with 22. And it says this, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. I love it. Because if you back up and read all the previous miracles before this happened or stories, you'll see the one we talked about a few weeks ago where Jesus said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. And a huge storm came and Jesus was asleep and the boat was sinking and they feared for their life. Well, now Jesus is telling him again, go ahead and get in the boat and go to the other side. I'm not going with you. Can I say he would have to make me do that? I mean, man, last time, Jesus, I'm just saying, last time, and you're not even going to be with us this time, I'm going to walk. I don't know how long a way around it is, but I'm going to walk. That's funny. Jesus makes him get in the boat and go on ahead of them to the other side. He doesn't say, I'll, I'll meet you there in a day, or I'm going to catch the next boat, or whatever that is. I'll just meet you there. Go over there while he dismissed the crowd. So he had some things that he was looking to do in the meantime. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray, which is where he was headed before the crowd's came and he fed the 5,000. And later that night, he was there alone. After the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves and the, uh, because the wind was against it. Again, you can just see there's a long time before he, from the time he sends the disciples out before the time he connects with them. So Jesus tells his disciples, get in the boat, and he's just gonna meet them there. And he dismisses the crowd, went to pray, and there's a storm if you go back and read the scripture before this particular passage, again, I've already alluded to this, but you'll read where he fed 20 plus thousand. He, he raised a dead girl. A sick woman was healed. A paralyzed man was healed. A man with leprosy was healed. And you'll even read where Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. And I've heard someone say this one day, that's why Peter jumped out of the boat. But I heard somebody else say that. I don't think my mother-in-law's here today. Okay, amen, I'm right, okay. Uh, and he delivered many who were demon-possessed. I could have put that one with the mother-in-law thing, but I chose not to. But, uh, <laughs> and he went to the other side when they were all drowning, and he calmed the storm. So listen, there's a lot of things happening here, but yet here's the disciples again in the midst of the storm. And here's my point in all that. Listen, if you've had a miracle and you've experienced a miracle in your life, that's great, and praise the Lord, but you're going to need another one. And the good thing is he's not giving you a quota. <laughs> Aren't you glad for that? You know, Don, you only got so many, and I didn't know you'd make so many bad choices and use them up so quick. I'm just, you're on your own. I don't know. Aren't you glad for that? Just like when you experience a miracle, there's going to be another one you're going to need. You're going to need another one. And isn't he always there ready to work on your behalf? That's why we have to learn these principles, because we're going to be in another storm. So we need to learn these principles here that's expressed in the scripture so we can grow and learn how to manage the next storm better than the storm we just managed. You're gonna need another miracle in your life because we live in a fallen, imperfect world. In fact, the, the miracle here is so important, I think, because uh, I, we'll face storms our whole life. 
And they come out of nowhere. And so we need to understand these principles. And let's take a look at some of the things that can happen if we stay focused on our circumstances. Some things that can happen if we stay focused on our circumstances or the storm. Number one, we feel far away from help. If you stay focused on the storm or your storm, you will feel far away from help. What happened, God? Where are you at? Where'd you go? This is the place you told me to move to. We prayed about it and you told us to relocate from California here. This is the church you told me to go to. This is the job you told me to take. This is the the person, hey, this is the person, God, you told me to marry. What happened? This is the amount you told me to give. I thought I was on course. Maybe that's you right here, right now. In fact, I would bet that there's somebody in here this morning that you feel so far away from help that this is your last desperate attempt to connect. And can I say you're in the right place at the right time and your miracle is here for you, amen? But maybe that's you. Maybe I just described that to you in life, where you're at the place in life. Where are you at, God? What happened? Maybe you feel like God is far away from you. Maybe you feel like he's abandoned you. John 6 tells this same story. And in John 6, it says the disciples were three or four miles out on the lake. I don't know if you know that or not, but in this story, the disciples were three or four miles away from shore. And it was night. They couldn't see anything. There wasn't any lights. There wasn't any spotlight from heaven, the moon shining through the clouds and where Jesus was walking. There wasn't any of that. There wasn't anything. The stars were so bright. Everything was illuminated. They're in the midst of a storm in the dark, probably overcast, cloudy, and they're three to four miles away from shore. They were feeling pretty far away from help. They had no idea where Jesus was. Have you ever felt that way? Let's look at King David, how he described it. Psalms 10:1 says this, why, Lord, do you stand afar off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? If we keep focus on our circumstances or the storm, we can feel overwhelmed to a place that we just feel far away from God. But look at what it says in Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy 31.6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He will never leave you or forsake you because he's a good, good father. That's who he is. And you're loved by him. He will never leave you or forsake you. That's the character and nature of God. And your faith needs to be based on who he is, not who you are. How much he loves you and his character and nature, not how much you love him and your character and nature. Because you could be a character. I mean, that's true. You can trust him always. But if you stay focused on the circumstances instead of your faith and how much God loves you, it's easy to feel far away from God. Number two, we struggle, with our, do we struggle to stay on course. If we get our eyes off him, we struggle to stay on course if we're overwhelmed by our circumstances. The wind and waves blow you in a different direction where God wants to take you. Listen, understand this, there will always be resistance, always. And you need to know that because I think we're taught so many times if we, if we are, are following God and we run into an obstacle, that's God saying you're on the wrong course, you're on the wrong path. I mean, that's just, isn't that what we say? Can I say that if you're facing resistance, chances are you're on the right path? Because there's a real enemy trying to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. He doesn't have to mess with you if you're off course already. Good, he's already, hey, don't worry about him. He's, already, he's making his own mistakes. Let him go that way. This guy over here, we need to come against him with everything we got to distract him and detour him, right? I heard somebody say it this way one time. Hey, if you're not bumping into the devil, you're walking with him, <laughs> right? 
So I think sometimes the Christians and our human nature is just this. We, want to, we think God is the path of least resistance. Are you kidding me? It's probably where the greatest obstacles are because there is a real enemy trying to keep you from doing what he's trying to keep you from your miracle. Don't let him. Stay on course. Stay on course. Listen, sometimes he will calm the storm and sometimes he will calm you in the storm. Listen, you may, you may feel the peace and presence of Jesus and the circumstances has not even changed. That's okay. Trust him. Trust him. And we see that in the story. In fact, and we'll get there in just a moment. He doesn't have to change the circumstances to change you. Sometimes he changes us and we can change our circumstances based on the authority that he's giving us and being available to do his work in our life, amen? If we lose sight of God, it's easy to expend energy, resources, money, emotions, relationships outside of the will of God. But you have to put to play, you have to, you have to be at that place that you're gonna expend those things in the will of God. You know what? I'd rather be expending my energy and resources in the will of God than expending them out the will, outside the will of God, amen? There's gonna be resistance, and so we need to understand that. We should expend our energy resources staying in his will instead of outside. Let's take a look at Mark 6, 48. Here's what it says. I love this. He saw the disciples, Jesus walking three to four miles off the shore, out to the boat, and he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them, straining at the oars. You know what? I'd rather expend my energy straining at the oars to stay on course. I'd rather expend my energy straining at the oars to not miss God. We need to push through that. We need to push through that. It is gonna be work. They strained at the oars to stay on course, so stay on course. And number three, when you get focused on the circumstances, you have a hard time recognizing God. You have a hard time recognizing God. Mark 6, 48 through 50 says this. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to pass them by. That's just funny. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost, and they cried out. Because they saw him, they were all terrified, and immediately he spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. They didn't recognize Jesus. I mean, they're in the midst of their storm, they're so consumed with all that. Jesus almost walks right by him. Really, come on. So Jesus almost walks right by him, and they think it's a ghost. They almost missed him. Can I say, it's funny to laugh at those guys, but can I say how many times does Jesus walk right by us in our storm and we don't even recognize him? We're so consumed with the circumstances that we miss God's provision along the way. We're so caught up with what's going on that we miss when we get to church on Sunday morning and some sweet lady we may not even know comes up and says, I don't know, I don't really know you, but you know, you've been on my heart all week and I'm praying for you. Well, thank you, that's very sweet. You know what that was? That was the miracle before the miracle right there. When we go out, we're believing God because we, we need a financial miracle and we go somewhere and all of a sudden someone pays for our lunch. That's so nice. That was a blessing. You know what that was? That was the miracle before the miracle. Sometimes we just don't call it what it really is and we miss it. We miss what God's doing in the midst of our storm because it doesn't look like we think it should look. It's not the answer that we think it should be or the way we want, so we discount it as being God. If you get consumed and you get your focus on the storm instead of on him, you will miss who he is and what he is doing in your life. It's hard to recognize God when those things happen. Your circumstances may not immediately change, but you need to know your answer is coming. Your answer is coming. 
You may still be in the midst of a storm, but Jesus is working on your behalf, amen? Don't miss God in the middle of your storm. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. He has a different way than probably we would address things. Maybe the greater miracle here is the guy in the boat who looked beyond the storm and had just enough faith to get out of the boat despite what was going on. The storm didn't stop. You you know, we'll get there in a second. The storm didn't stop when Jesus got out on the water. Oh, it's Jesus, the son of God. As soon as he steps his foot on from the beach onto, that, onto the shore, everything's gonna be calm because so it could be calm for Jesus to walk three or four miles. No, he walked. What's more impressive? He walked three or four miles, you know, walking over waves. I don't know how that worked or whatever, but. And then maybe we think the storm would stop when Peter got out of the boat, right? Okay, well, Peter's getting on the boat. Oh, you got great faith, Peter. Peter's gonna get out of the boat and all of a sudden instantly, no. No, in fact, it was so stormy. Even when Peter's walking on the, on the water out there, he got his focus off of Jesus and got it on the storm. And, and so understand this, your provision can be standing right in front of you even though the storm rages all around you. Amen? So make sure we're not so consumed with the storm. And how do we do that? We continue to press in and grow in the revelation knowledge of who he is in your life, how much he loves you. I know I'm loved by you. I love that when he sang that song when Troy let us... Confirming, I know I'm loved by you. I know I'm loved. The circumstance, storm is blowing up all around me, but I know I'm loved by you. I know, and if, you, if, I, if that is just enough to get me up off of my seat and outside the boat, whatever happens after that, I leave that to you, God. But I know I'm loved by you. The miracle before the miracle. Thank God for all that he does, but thank God for just enough faith and courage to get up out of the boat. Thank God for something on the inside that would say, greater is he that's in me. Thank God that something on the inside would say, by his stripes I'm healed. Thank God for something that says, I will live and not die. Thank God for something that says, all my needs are met according to his riches and glory, even when I don't see it or feel it. Thank God for the miracle before the miracle. I love that about God, the miracle before the miracle. The question is, how can we see beyond our circumstances? How can we do that? Number one, open up to the supernatural. Come on, we're a church that believes in the supernatural. Can I just tell you, and if you have a hard time with that, hang around for a little bit, maybe you'll slip off the bank in. Or hang around for a little bit. That's, I'm not gonna tell you to go somewhere else. I'm not gonna tell you that. I want you around. That's what we believe here at Tree of Life. We're just gonna dare to believe the impossible. Why not? We have nothing to lose. We have nothing to lose. Nothing. But listen, you need to believe in the supernatural. Can I tell you, it's so amazing to me that the world believes in the supernatural but discounts the godly supernatural. Can I tell you, when I'm watching a TV or I'll go home and watch the Spurs tonight, go Spurs, right? I'll watch the Spurs tonight, some TV thing, promo for some video come on and it'll just be evil and creepy. It'll be supernatural but not the way that we think. Though The world is so much about the supernatural except when it comes to God. Can we stand out from the world and believe God's a supernatural God, amen? Come on, what do you got to lose? You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Don't limit God. If you see it in the word, believe it. If you see it and can find it in the word, believe it. Learn to think and see it the way God does. Matthew 14, 25 says this. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. He does the supernatural. He does it, John 3, 11 through 13, New Living Translation. I assure you, listen to this, we tell you what we know and have seen and yet you won't believe our testimony. You're not believing the supernatural. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? Now listen to this, 
No one has ever gone to heaven and returned but the Son of Man that has come down from heaven. In other words, if Jesus says it, you can believe it. If there's one person ever that lived, you can believe it is Jesus because he went to heaven and came down, amen? He is in the Father and the Father is in him. So if he says it, I believe it. Uh, You see the bumper sticker says it. If he says it, I believe it, that settles it. Can I just say, if he said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not, doesn't really matter. If he says it, that settles it. Believe in the supernatural. Number two, jump out of the boat. Jump out of the boat. What have you got to lose? Take action. Do something. Matthew 14, 29. Come, Jesus said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. He had to get up. You'll never walk on water if you don't get out of the boat. Put action to your belief. Trust him. And I think that's a lot of our challenge sometimes. We want the miracle, we pray for the miracle, but we are not willing to get up and get out of the boat. Oh, that we would have the courage and the faith just to dare to believe God, that it's worth it, it's worth it. God, understand this, God is trying to get us involved in the process. You realize he's trying to work in and through you. He's trying to get you involved in the process. God, just do this, do this, do this for me. I'm trying, will you cooperate? Right, because he wants to provide for you, but he wants you to grow He wants you to learn because you're gonna have another storm at some point in time in life or and or you're gonna know people in the midst of storms and you'll be able to help them, encourage them. James 2.17 says it this way. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. We're a faith church. Well, if we don't ever do anything, we're a dead church. Come on. I'm a faith person. I walk by faith, not by sight. Well, what are you doing in line with the word of God then? Are you laying hands on the sick and believe for the impossible? Are you speaking to things that be not as though they are? As faith without action is dead. Number three, don't try and figure it all out. Don't try and figure it all out. You can't. You can't logic, you can't reason, you can't argue the things of God. They are too big for our brain to comprehend. And can I say thank you, God, for being bigger than my brain, all right? I just know that if we bring God down to our size, then we would miss out on so much that God has for us. Let's pray bigger prayers. Let's dream bigger dreams. Let's trust him. Let's dream for the impossible. Let's believe for the impossible. Let's do what the word is telling us to do. Just trust him. Matthew 14, 30 through 31. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand to Peter and caught him. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? Peter gets out and steps out, gets caught up on the wind and the waves still around him. Peter couldn't figure out how he could be out there and the circumstances not have changed. He couldn't understand how he could be out there and it still be windy and wavy. How is this possible? I stepped out of the boat, didn't I? Again, understand something, that you just have to trust him. And your circumstances may take a while for them to change, but in the midst of that, if you're sinking, guess who's there to reach down and pick you back up? So what do you have to lose? You have nothing to lose, so you need to believe him. Dare to believe him. You need to be willing to do that. You need to, need to not worry about trying to figure it all out. Just trust him. And it talks about their faith or their trust in him. Why did you not trust me? Why do you doubt that I care for you? Do you not know my character and nature? Do you not know that I love you? Put your trust in the character and nature of God, not in the miracle. Go after the, the one who loves you, not the miracle that you need. Go after him. And number four, give him all the glory. Give him all the glory. Even in the midst of the storm, talk about how big God is, not how big the storm is. Talk about how faithful God is and how full of hope and love he is and not ho- how hopeless you feel. Make the words come out of your mouth that line up with the word of God. 
Make sure that you're speaking in the midst of the storm the greatness of God, the, the God of the impossible. I love that testimony story that we had because I know in the midst of everything round about them, they had to be saying the things of God. And I love what they said at the end. We were telling everybody. The nurses were shocked. The doctors were shocked. We said, this is only the power of God. This is glory to God. We're worshiping God in this. Everyone that knew them and knew the story, hey, we're worshiping God. This God gets the glory. God gets the glory. To God be the glory. Hey, in the midst of your storm, talk about the glory of God being revealed. Talk about God of the impossible coming and intervening on your behalf. Tell everybody. I don't want to tell anybody because what if it doesn't happen? So what? <laughs> what have you got to lose? Because the character and nature of God is such, you know he loves you and he's powerful. We'll leave whatever happens up to him, but we're gonna trust him for everything. We're gonna dare to believe for the impossible to come alive in our heart and our life. We're gonna dare to believe the things that man said is impossible, that they're possible with God. We're gonna dare to believe that the doctor's reports do not have the last word, that God has the last word. Amen? Listen, I love, I love you realize they didn't just have one miracle baby. They had four. I mean, I don't know, and this isn't, this isn't from the Lord, but I don't know, are you wanting to have more? I don't know, I, that's, I'm not saying anything. But the thing about it is, is just keep believing God. Just keep believing God. Just keep believing God. God is a good God, and he is a faithful God. Give him all the glory. You realize that, that this world needs a church to believe in the impossible and then to give God the glory for it? Matthew 14, 32 through 33, I gotta close. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. After Jesus got in the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat that didn't have the faith or courage to get up and step out, worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. Listen, there's a world that's lost and hurting that is, that is watching you. They're watching you. And they're wondering, is this really real? Is what you believe real? Is what you say I know you go to that church over there, Tree of Life Church, is what they believe really real? Is, is it really true what they say about God and what they say they believe? This lost and hurting world needs to see a people who will see beyond their storm and see the one who calms it. They need to know that there, there is a, a way of getting out of their hopelessness, that there is a way of getting out of their despair, their hurt and their pain, and his name is Jesus. Needs, they need to know that there's a God in heaven that does miracles because he loves them unconditionally. And they need to see it in his people. There's a world out there that needs to see you and I believing God for the impossible, just daring to believe God for the impossible and then giving him all the glory. It will change the lives of those around about us. Can I just tell you, and I haven't talked to that wonderful, I've talked to the family before, but not since they shot that video or since the miracle, but... I just would love to see what the people around about them have to say. I wonder how often they've been able to use that miracle story and touch the hearts and lives of people around about them. How do you discount a miracle? How do you argue away a miracle? A miracle trumps anything this world has to argue against. The God of the impossible. I wanted to encourage you this morning about the miracle before the miracle. Let's just look to connect with God in such a way that we grow in our understanding of his love for us, that that encourages and increases our faith so that in the midst of our storms that we'll even just believe enough to keep fighting one more day. That we'll not give up and quit in the midst of our storm. And maybe everybody else round about us, the other 11 in the boat, maybe everybody else would say something, but you know what? You don't have to wait for those divorce papers to be tore, tore up to count it a miracle. You just need to be able to fight for that marriage in the midst of it. 
to call it a miracle. You don't have to wait for that teenager to turn around to call it a miracle. You just need to get on your knees every day and fight for their life to call it a miracle. You don't have to wait for your body to be completely healed healed, to call it a miracle and have some kind of doctor's report. You need to just believe that you've been healed by the stripes of Jesus, amen, to call it a miracle. That no matter how you feel, no matter what's going on, I'm believing his word to be true. I just know that there is a miracle before the miracle and if we'll work on getting focused on that one, then God will take care of the other. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.